1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Yeah, it was a massive farce, but it's done with now. We're approaching a new season. That's last season's news. Forget about it. We're getting car launches this week. Let's focus on that. Hamilton's just said he's he's back. Let's focus on that. Let's, Let's move forward. Stop trying to drag F1 down by looking at the past. We're about to move forward with brand new cars. Let's enjoy it.
0: Let's
1: Hello and welcome to the news from the nerds, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we're gonna be covering the main headlines from this week. And obviously I will not be doing this alone. I have Super Sub Sam back with us this week as Grace and Bridge could not be here. Sam, how are you?
0: I am all good, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying being a super sub. Um those of you who are following the Chronicles of Grace and you know, the various reasons as to why she misses these these podcasts. So the last time it was giving herself a concussion by hitting herself in the head with her own tennis racket. Uh, this week is COVID, so a little bit more traditional uh, in that sense. Uh, hopefully it's not cursed, this uh, this fourth seat, but you know, I'll let you know how I do.
1: And we also have Ollie who is the main host on the Cut to the Race podcast, the other Formula Nerds podcast. Ollie, how are you?
0: The other one.
3: Yes, I'm very good. Thank you for having me on board. And uh, Bridge, I'm glad you're ill because I can't wait to be here
2: and replace your spicy takes, mate.
1: And we also have Cal. How are you today?
2: I'm good, cheers. Yeah, it's nice to be replacing James. It appears that everyone just doesn't like you anymore. They don't want to be here, Abbey, but, you know, we're here for you.
1: That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the help. So, we'll get straight into it. This week, Williams announced that their launch date for the car will be the 15th of Feb. So that is all teams having their launch. But since last week, we have had three teams... Reveal their cars. We had Haas on Friday last week on the 4th. We had Red Bull yesterday and Aston Martin today. So, what did you guys think of the Haas reveal?
0: <laughs> Sam, you take this one, mate. I mean, it bothered me last year. It bothers me this year. There is a ban on racing under a Russian flag, but yet they just covered the car in it. So, I mean, that's very obvious. What they could have done is if you look at the front wing, of the new livery, and in fact it was the same as last year, looks exactly like the Aquafresh logo. So they could have had a sponsorship deal there and hidden in plain sight. But aside from the livery, it looks like the car is a kind of quasi-finished product. Like, I don't think any of the kind of um, suspension rods and stuff were actually going in the right places. Um, The side pods looked really odd. Um, Nothing like what we were kind of expecting from the prototypes. Um, So yeah, we'll have to see. Come race day, um, if that is anything close to the finished product. Yeah,
3: I think this was a bit of a genius move from Haas here, suddenly cutting the line to do their reveal first because, you know, they haven't had that much spotlight in the past few years. Every, you know, you don't meet many diehard Haas fans. I mean, you meet a couple. However, they jumped the line, so they've got the whole F1 world tuning in to see the new car. I I thought it was a good move. Uh, You talk about Aquafresh. I do recall a Williams livery a few years ago where we uh, put a tube of toothpaste next to their car and couldn't spot the difference. Uh, In terms of the actual livery itself, yeah, pointless. Not too sure what the whole event was for, really. It was just a couple of pictures posted, no YouTube live stream. Um, Is that how you get your fans excited? I'm
0: not not sold on that. Could that be the cost cap coming into play? Could we see the kind of smaller budget teams revealing their cars in this way to save money? Like I don't imagine it's you know, going to break the bank, but it'd be interesting to see if Williams do it in a cheap way as well.
2: You know what? I think hass have played a blinder. I think it's a statement. We're going first. We've got our car ready, we've got it right. We're happy with it. We're going first. We're going to tell every- we're going to tell the world we're happy with our car by doing it first the livery's crap though like really awful um, but I think their, their car might be sneaky good
3: but it wasn't their I actual car was it Cal? it was a no it was a, it was a different
2: car but I, I just think the, the actual statement of going first suggests to me that they're quite happy with where they're at um, yeah I think they'll be sneaky good I think they'll be in the midfield this year and doing bits maybe even a podium a bit about time right?
1: Sounding like Bridge there, Cal, when you're saying that hassa are going to get podiums and that. But you are... That was are... a
2: low blow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Bridge has Nikita Mazepin as world champion, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, he does. So, Cal, you're a Red Bull fan. What did you think of Red Bull's reveal yesterday?
2: Um, Got to say, I'm pretty disappointed, really. The fact that since probably 2010 the only thing that's changed about the liveries on that car is um, the the sponsors (laughs) everything else is the same Um, I would like a little bit of variation please Mr Horner and Mr Marco other than that it's the same isn't it it's iconic though why would you change something that's iconic
0: see I think the Haas livery and the Red Bull livery almost completely you know the opposite sides of the coin in the sense that Red Bull have very much adopted a it ain't broke, don't fix it whereas Haas have adopted an approach that is, it's broke but we're still not <laughs> going to fix it anyway <laughs> like the Red Bull livery is beautiful it is a classic mm. the Haas livery is not Mm. I think I've got to say
3: okay it's not a new livery it's you know we've got new title sponsor for Red Bull um, worth 800 million dollars obviously in Oracle but how good does that Red Bull look okay it's no different but on, on the new car design that thing looks like a beast okay it's not much different but I think you know it is an iconic design why change it you just won a world championship keep that keep that design
2: man can I can I just throw something in here as a Red Bull fan? I'm going to assume that AlphaTauri are the same as last year as well. You know, they've always stayed pretty similar when they were Toro Rosso. I think that looks better than the Red Bull with their colour scheme and everything. So are Red Bull going to have to change it in the next couple of years to sort of, you know, keep it fresh and make it more appealing when the AlphaTauri is... You know, probably more of a modern classic, if you like, when you look at the colour scheme and everything.
0: See, I think the AlphaTauri is the best-looking car on the grid, or it certainly was last year. I thought it was sensational. Mm. I do think the Red Bull family, though, are probably okay with that because AlphaTauri is their fashion brand. It really is meant to look good, whereas the Red Bull is obviously there to sell drinks. Yeah, Red Bull... I, I think, the best marketing company in the world. And I think they've stumbled across a combination that is unbeatable, both on the track and off. So I, I, why change it? Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and in terms of the live launch, which, um, God, do I
3: spoil it? It wasn't live. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good show from Red Bull. I enjoyed watching Max Verstappen driving around a car park, driving through the Red Bull factory, the team. I thought it was a it was a good launch. Um, fan comments-wise, they're all saying, just show us the car. No, the car's the same, so enjoy the build-up to it. Um, I, I thought the launch was, was really good yesterday. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it was good. It was good to see what both Checo and Max thought about it as well. And it is a very nice-looking car. But for me, out of the three car reveals that we've had, today's one has to be the best looking one for me. And Ollie, I believe you had exclusive an exclusive for today's launch?
3: Yeah, so I mean, uh, Chris, I got to catch up with uh, seven and Lance just before the uh, car reveal today. Um, but the car actually... Sort of stays in my memory more than talking to Vettel and Lance because the car—it's absolutely incredible looking. Um, it, it was good to speak to Seb. Um, it it was—it was interesting. Um, by the way, go to FormulaNose.com for the for all the spicy write-ups and their takes on things from Massey to 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 the season coming up. But this Aston Martin car is what we've needed in Formula One for so long, and. It was the real car. They weren't high, They weren't scared. They showed us the actual uh, car they're putting in this year and those gills.
2: Oh. It is a stunning vehicle. Like, if they could make that road legal, I would bankrupt myself to drive it. It's honestly stunning. Um, Sam, you mentioned the Alpha Tauri being the best-looking car on the grid last year. I think Aston Martin may well have it this year. Um, I think that the actual styling of the, the new car has helped it, has helped delivery this time. And like Ollie said, the gills above the side pod, that's fantastic. Uh, whether they'll do much, I don't know. I'm not an aerodynamicist. I'm sure they know what they're doing, but it just doesn't look like it'll have that much of an impact on the on the downforce itself. But we'll
1: see.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the the girls are an easy standout feature. That it just looks fantastic. One thing that I do think is quite similar to last year's Tauri is the nose. It's got a kind of a quite a boxy feel to it, which makes it look mean and aggressive. And also by slightly, slightly lightening the uh, the paint color as well, I think it'll look better on track. Because not that we necessarily think the Mercedes is going to be black this year. I think we're expecting it to be silver, but I at times, you know, struggle to kind of differentiate between the Aston Martin and the Mercedes last year. So it's good to see, um, you know, a slightly lighter shade of green.
3: Yeah, and what I like is they're now they're, they're now uh, in tune with the rest of their racing series. You know, it looks like the Le Mans car, it looks like the safety car, um, that Valkyrie that they released that they previewed at, at the launch as well. I mean, those three cars, it was oh man. I, I, there aren't words for how good these cars look and I think Aston Martin have shown us you know that, you know, Cal like you said with hats, they're, they're, they're here to mean business but Aston Martin showed us the real car they didn't have to no one else has they're not scared and you know when we were talking to them earlier they said we will win races this year it's just a matter of when they, they
2: won't be scared will they it's a green Mercedes but is it Cal <laughs> uh, probably I'm not, yeah, it will be. But, yeah, I think Toto still has a big hand in there, doesn't he? I think. Uh, what did you guys think of the launch, his...
3: though? Sorry, yeah, what it was a did... great launch. Sorry, let me just, what did you guys think of the launch, though? The actual reveal. I mean, I, I was I was sitting, I, I wanted to hide behind my sofa with um,
2: Lawrence Stroll up there. Um, he's a scary guy, isn't he? Yes, he is, yeah. He's a big man, scary man. Very wealthy man. And he has an aura about him that suggests that as well. But I think the launch was fantastic. They nailed it. It was showy enough to make you want more, but it was subtle enough to keep it classy, I think is the the way I would describe it. It, it was classy, I think is the way to, I would describe it.
0: Yeah, I think much like Red Bull, F1 is about big brands. And it's about big brands showing their best side. And Aston Martin fully have just lent into the classy James Bond kind of feel. And also, I think think Lawrence Stroll kind of helps with that because, as you say, he has an aura about him. There's this gravitas, and you want characters like that. Whether you love them or hate them, that's the kind of character you want in F1. The man is terrifying, but he has such a watchable quality.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of what you guys said. It was a great launch. And to hear from Lawrence Stroll and then Seb and Lance themselves, and also to include some fan questions as well, I thought that was really good. But it was, like Cal said, very classy.
2: I'm sorry to interrupt, but I've just noticed something on that car. The number 18 is present on that Aston Martin. So does that mean that they're classing Lance Stroll as the number one driver? Because they would usually show their number one driver's number on the vehicle, wouldn't they, when they release the delivery?
0: No, did you guys ever play like Sunday League Football and the manager, this kid, always got to play right wing? Yeah, that's I understand all, what you're saying. That, yeah. that, I reckon that's all that is really, It's Lund's going, yeah. but, but my number, but, but, and also I'm not sure they really have a, a, a one-two kind of driver order. I think a lot of the midfield teams just kind of go, you know, whoever does better on the day.
3: God, that is a really interesting point I've just checked a few other um, uh, images from the media pool they've all got 18 on it um, but no I think this is really exciting this this is this is today has made me excited for this season um and yeah it's we're only three reveals in and I think there's there's plenty more surprises to come
1: so yeah there are very exciting things to come with McLaren. Launch, having their car launch tomorrow and it isn't just their f1 car it is their extreme e indie and esports as well we have alpha on valentine's day so any f1 couples i'm sure that you can find a way to incorporate that into valentine's day we have and we have williams on the 15th as well next week so very exciting things to come
3: yeah, I'll be honest. I don't. I can't see myself uh, persuading my wife to spend Valentine's Day watching a car launch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, speaking of car launches, it came out this week that Caitlin Jenner is entering the W Series. Now, when I first saw this news, for some reason, my mind thought she's joining it as a racing car driver, which isn't the case. She is joining it as a team principal of Jenner Racing. Now, she is a former Olympic champion. She's also a former racing driver herself. I think this is very exciting for her to be joining W Series.
2: You know what? This is this is fantastic for the W Series. It's getting now, well, it should now get the uh, coverage it deserves. Caitlin Jenner is a massive, massive, massive celebrity, especially in the States. Yeah, the, the coverage is going to be fantastic in the US because... Caitlyn is probably going to get their kids involved. Chloe, Kim, all the Kardashian people and the Jenna people are going to be putting it on social media. Therefore, the W series is just going to go boom, ballistic, massive. Um, which is good. We want that.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm on the same page as Cal. There, like, there's a lot of upside, especially in terms of you know exposure to the sport and getting these these drivers and races the recognition that they really do deserve um, so that's really good i have seen some negative comments online though and this is in response to some comments that caitlin jen has made in the past about transgender women in sport and basically saying that it is not fair on the rest of the field so yeah it's obviously it's a, a bit of a you know a political hotbed in that sense but i think for the sport itself and the drivers that represent the w series i think it's a really really positive step Yeah, I mean, I've never been a fan of sort of the Kardashians
3: uh, and and that sort of world uh, in terms of uh, the way that they make money. However, I think that if you're a true motorsport fan and you have the uh, credentials and the the contacts and let's not forget the cash um, to go into this and and launch your own team, this is is a fantastic thing. Um, And, you know, sob the haters. Um, This is doing something good for the world. Um, uh, The car, though, it's just... For those that haven't seen the car, it, it's, what would you call it, brown and gold? Uh, black and gold? Um, it's just missing a Rich Energy logo, isn't it?
2: I was I was just <laughs> about to say, has William's Story slid into Caitlin's DMs here? Because this is a bit suspect, isn't it? You never know. We might actually see the logo up here on the car. But I think, just to touch back on Caitlin, uh, they're a big lover of cars. I watched them on I'm a Celebrity, which is a show in the UK, for those of you who don't know. She was on that a couple of years ago and she was fantastic. She wasn't what I expected. Um, I really enjoyed watching her. And she spoke so much about her love of cars that I just, I found, even I found a connection with her. And I, I'm not going to lie, I hate the Kardashian sort of reality TV sort of shows on telly. It's not my cup of tea at all, but I really like watching her. I really do hope that this is a positive move for W Series on the whole. And I think it will be. I really do think it will be.
3: It will also be very interesting to see who, who's in that driver lineup. I mean, you know, uh, Chadwick, she's not coming back to W Series. Uh, I don't think Powell is either, um, who are two of the really big stars in the sport. So it, it, the driver lineup, I think, is going to be equally as crucial to this. Will it be new drivers? Will it be established drivers? Um, only
1: time will tell, I guess. Speaking of her joining the sport, someone who Ollie is a very big fan of has recently come back to the land of the living. Yes!
3: Lewis Hamilton is back, Um, but he hasn't confirmed if he's back in F1 or not. He's just confirmed that he's alive. Um, Lewis Hamilton has tweeted, uh, Instagrammed, um, pretty much everything. Um, A very cryptic message. Uh, Sam, what was the exact message? Because you wrote it up, I didn't.
0: I'll tell you what, actually, before I said the message, when I was writing that up, trying to be as quick as a could be, I was sweating. I was <laughs> trying to break that as fast as I could was stressful. Um, but I believe it was, um, I've been gone and now, now I am back um, or something to that effect, which those of you out there who are basketball fans will know that that very closely echoes the words that Michael Jordan used when he returned from his uh, brief stint as a minor league baseball player um, in the mid-90s. So, you know, I don't think Lewis will will go as far as, you know, kind of changing his car number to 45 uh, next season. But, you know, um, he's clearly uh, echoing his idols with that post.
2: We heard the other day that Lewis was, in fact, at Mercedes HQ in Brackley. And we have a picture. We have seen a picture. There is proof he's there. So it would suggest that he is coming back Again, no concrete evidence to the fact that he is back in F1, but why would he be there if he isn't? He is still under contract. So we would assume he is back and he is back in F1. And, uh, you
0: know, Bridge is unfortunately not able to be here this evening, uh, but he would be remiss if I didn't mention that he still isn't convinced that Lewis is coming back. And when I was speaking to him yesterday about this, you know, he very much was on, on that tone still. But, see, I think had lewis's default position been i'm retiring i'm done I'm you know it's finished i think that social media post wouldn't have definitely confirmed it i think it would have been teasing it but i don't think you can absolutely say um yeah you know people will attach whatever connotations they want to but because his default position has always been well we assume he'll be in the car i don't think there's any kind of doubt there i think I think that is just a confirmation that he is going to drive next season. I don't think there's anything really more to report. I think he'll be there.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think he's there. If That would have been um, I'm retiring uh, post, if if that was the case, you know, coming back. Um, but interestingly, when, when I was at the press conference with Vettel earlier, someone asked him, um, what do you think of Lewis? Is he coming back? Is he not? And Vettel said, I don't know if he's coming back or not. Has it been announced? Um, so, you know, Vettel would have heard about his, his social media, but it's still not, you know, it's not confirmed in the paddock. And that was a very genuine, I have no idea. Does anyone know if he's back um, from Vettel today? So um, yes, he's been at Mercedes, but could he have been, you know, signing his pension? Who, who knows?
2: I have a theory that this is all a ploy to get in Max Verstappen's head. This is all games, gamesmanship carrying on from last season. He's thought, right, okay, I lost. Take that on the chin. i tell you what, I'll go offline. I'll go off the grid. I'll make him wonder. I'll make him think, am I coming back? I'm his biggest rival. I'm his closest rival. I'm the only guy who can beat him. Let's make him sweat.
0: I don't think you have to try that hard to get into Max Verstappen's head, to be honest with you. Oh, no need for that.
2: But you're right. I I think he's still, though he's grown up for the last couple of years, I do think there's still that spark of fire in him that, you know, makes him want to push Esteban Ocon in in the weighing room.
1: Yeah, I think with Lewis, I was so happy to see him back on socials. And I think because he's a racing driver and at heart, I think he will have this curiosity to see what the new car this year will be like and to see what it will be like racing on track. So I don't think he will retire. I hope he doesn't retire. If he does, I will be heartbroken and may never recover. But I would like to see him back.
3: Well, Horner came out uh, uh, during this week, maybe the back end of last week, and uh, it wasn't Horner. Who was it? Helmut Marco came out um, at the back end of last week and said, Verstappen's career will be very limited if the Hamilton rivalry continues and essentially saying that you know everyone was on their limit including Max at Red Bull so uh, Cal I think what you've just said about getting in Max's head you know this is clearly pushed Max to his limit and ha- how many times can you do that over and over you know we, we, we've seen it with Rossberg, we've seen it with other people against Lewis but um, you know, Max Verstappen sitting there not knowing if Lewis is coming back, not knowing how to mentally prepare for this. Then suddenly, boom, big dog's back.
2: I would like to think that Red Bull have been telling him that Lewis is back. He's coming back. Prepare for the worst. You never know, though. They might have said, he's gone, mate. You've You've ruffled his feathers. He's gone. That's it. I don't think that's the case. I think he is coming back. I would like to think that Red Bull have catered for that just in case because they know anyone else in the field realistically isn't going to beat Max Verstappen wheel to wheel at the minute, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Max, we don't know until he gets in the car. Like On his day, he's the best. But if his head's gone, God knows what he'll do. He is a live way like that, and that—that's the worry for Red Bull.
0: Yeah, I think there's there's historical precedent here, right? Where you've had drivers who to in order to beat Hamilton, and this is testament to how you know once in a lifetime Lewis is as a talent. It it took Nico Rosberg everything to win that title in 2016, to the point that he had to retire afterwards. So I think that really shows the mental gruel and toughness that is needed to beat Lewis. So yeah, I think year on year on year, I think it would have an impact. I think Helmut Marko is absolutely right on that. I do think that Max Verstappen is more up to the task though than Nico Rosberg was.
3: (laughs) I think you've just stated uh, the obvious. Um, (laughs) uh, Okay, right. There's four of us here. Is Lewis back? Yes or no, Cal? Yes, he is. Sam? 100%. Abby? Yes, he is. Cool. Okay, I agree with that. I say yes. Um, and also, we there were little rumours, uh, we can't confirm them, but that Lewis had a, a clause in his contract. If he won... Uh, The 2021 championship, uh, he could retire as an eight-time champion. Uh, Obviously, he didn't, so uh, everything is suggesting Lewis is back. Um, And I think this is a wicked ploy. Uh, He's going to come back with power. Um, But Speaking about uh, Lewis, his power, his influence that he has, um, you know... Equality, diversity, that's one big thing he stands for. Um, now, it, it's broken that the we Racers won, pre-race um, taking the knee, it's not going to happen next year. Um, and I think there's a lot of shock out there about this. And uh, certainly, you know, uh, Vettel is not for this. He, he thought that was a bad thing. So
0: what do you guys take on this, Sam? Well, for starters, I think Stefano Domenicali slightly blundered the the kind of release of this information. He kind of mentioned about that, you know, people are not wanting politics in sport. And I I personally think that politics belongs squarely in the middle of sport because these are people with a huge reach, so much influence. And I think as someone like Vettel has started to appreciate over recent years, if you don't use that, you're really missing an opportunity. So I think that was kind of poor uh, in the way he worded it. But aside, I think long-term it makes sense. You need... You know, for want of a better word, gestures to um build engagement and awareness of these issues, but you then do need to act. So I think he's right in that sense. But you know, there needs to be action. You can't just kind of not deliver now. Mm. Uh, for me, half the drivers taken the
3: need, the other half not. That really bothered me big time. And and actually I, I do you know what, I agree with this. I think we we've we've made a point. We we've we've brought the issue uh, to awareness. Now we need to live it. Um, we can't take the knee forever right that's that's against equality in itself if we have to take the knee forever
2: I understand what you're saying but I don't think the message has quite got through yet so for me taking the knee for one more season wouldn't hurt I believe football is st- still going on in football um, it just keeps on battering that message away and I think it's it's not a two year thing like Bettel said This is going to take a very long time to get that message through. It's the next generation we're teaching here. The old heads won't change. We know this already. But only half the the grid taking the knee, that literally pisses on the face of we race as one because they're not racing as one at that point. Half of them are standing, half of them are taking the knee. And I think, Ollie, you're right. That'll be why they're not doing it anymore. If they're not all willing to do it, they shouldn't do it at all. But I think there needs to be something in place of it. If they're not doing that, at least, then there still needs to be that message,
1: 100%. Yeah, I think back in 2020, it was such a big thing. Obviously, everyone was coming together. But towards the back end of last year, like you say, some drivers were taking the knee, some weren't. And for me, it it didn't really stand out as much. It wasn't this massive thing that I would watch and go, okay, we race as one. It just kind of became part of the show. So I think I am a bit surprised, like they could still continue with it this season, but they do need to actually make sure that they are taking action and not just saying, okay, we will take action. They actually need to prove that they are.
3: Mm. It would be interesting when we get to, you know, Qatar, Saudi. Um, how do we reinforce these messages? Because this is a key part apparently, of, 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 of bringing equality, diversity to, to the world. Um, t- taking a knee in countries like that, it, it's a big statement. And, you know, it, it's Leclerc. Leclerc never took the knee. And Leclerc's not racist, right? Let's just be clear here. It's just that he didn't feel he needed to. And, and I just think it gives out such a mixed message to people who don't know these drivers like we do and see half them doing it. You know, you don't see that in football. You either take the knee
0: or you're not on the pitch. Yeah, I think you've not the nail on the head there with the Leclerc example, to be honest. The fact that he feels he doesn't need to speaks volumes. What he needs to realise is it's not about him. As a yeah you know, Yeah, you know, I don't want to get too political here, but as a white man and a privileged white man, he needs to be listening and he needs to be acting off the you know, lead leadership of others. And he's not. I think that's why it's so important that all of the drivers take the knee. And yeah, I think it was a real shame that they didn't all take the knee.
2: I think it's uh, like, Sam, you've just said, it's a background thing, isn't it? He was brought up in Monaco, probably had quite a bit of money if he's managed to get into Formula One. And he's now living a very privileged life at, what is he, twenty twenty one? It It's very easy for him to say, well, I've never seen it. I don't believe it exists. Whereas Hamilton... You know, he's had this abuse, he's seen this abuse. People like Lando Norris, George Russell are are supporting him because they know him on a personal level. Max Verstappen is another one who's not taking the knee, Carlos Sainz. I think it is purely the background they've come from. And you're right, it's just an educational thing. And you can't force people to take the knee, but there needs to be something that they do in honour of that. And I think, you know, wearing a T-shirt isn't enough. There needs to be something where they meet in the middle, they all agree on it, and they all say, yes, I am willing to do that. Just to get that message across, because it is so important, especially when we are going to places like Saudi Arabia.
3: And before we move on, you know, I, I really feel that this will piss Lewis Hamilton off. You know, this is his platform to make differences. Um, if he can't wear that T-shirt on the podium, if he can't now take the knee, that's a big part of what, he, what he's for. Um, but... We, we talk again about Lewis Hamilton. Um, Abu Dhabi, it, it's come back. It, it's done a full rewind. Now, uh, a tweet went out um, with someone who had been watching F1 TV very closely, watching the, um, the, 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 the communications between the teams. And he put a certain video onto YouTube, which has, uh, sorry, onto Twitter, which has now been retweeted, commented on by Gary Lineker, um, by Damon Hill. And it started the whole SH1T show again. Um, and it's essentially revealing new evidence. Who wants to shed the light on, on the
0: evidence that it shown? So essentially what it is, is a clip of, of Jonathan Wheatley while speaking to Michael Massey during the safety car period towards the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And he almost verbatim says to Michael Massey, Michael, it's it's a motor race. Like, you know, we need to get this going. And Michael, obviously, as we all know, turns around a very short while later and says to Toto Wolf, it's a motor race. We went racing. So for starters, this isn't new information. This is already already in the public eye or public domain now, which is definitely in the public eye. Um, But for me... It doesn't change any of the facts. And also, I think it's well established that Massey was under too much pressure, under too much stress, was in an impossible position. When you are operating at that extreme level, I wouldn't be surprised if the first thing you, that comes to you is language that has just been said to you. Like It's almost like he was primed to say that, you know, subliminally or unintentionally. So I don't think it's the gotcha that people think it is. Yeah, as you said, Sam,
3: this this was always available. This is not new information. Um, but Massey repeats seconds later exactly what it, it, you know he's been told by Red Bull. Um, these, these are split second decisions. You know, I, I, I'm over this personally. Um, I really am over this. And do you know what? I'm starting to feel sympathy for Michael Massey. You can see the pressure the guy was under. He's been told a potential solution to fix what would have been a, 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 a you know a, a race ending under a safety safety car. And he's taken it. Okay. Bad choice using the same words. It's not it, it's it's not great. But this is only coming out now because everything's died down and there, there's silence, and now this has filled the big void that was there. Um, to all the people that you know saying this is brand new, leaked information, it's not.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, Ollie. And that was the point I was gonna make, is that it's it's a case of filling the void. And I'm not saying that we haven't reported this, we have, but There are people out there who have reported this as brand new information, and it is purely, I feel, where there's been a lull in, say, F1 content, if you like, and people are trying to make stories, people are trying to get website traffic back up, perhaps, uh, uh, you know, in the quiet period in the off-season, and, you know, it isn't news. It's been there the whole time. People have just suddenly done a little bit more digging because they're bored and they've got they've got nothing to do basically. And I agree with Ollie. <laughs> it, yeah, it was a massive farce, but it's done with now. We're approaching a new season. That's last season's news. Forget about it. We're getting car launches this week. Let's focus on that. Hamilton's just said he's he's back. Let's focus on that. Let's let's move forward. Stop trying to drag F one down by looking at the past. We're about to move forward with brand new cars. Let's enjoy it.
1: I completely agree with what you guys have said. And so does Sebastian Vettel. Vettel said that at the end of the day, they came to that race. One of them was going to win. One of them was going to lose. One was going to be happy. One was going to be sad. And we just need to move on now. And it is, we need to focus on the role of the race director and splitting up the roles that he needs to do. Because there is a ton amount of pressure on Massey making um split-second decisions in a short amount of time so I think what the FIA need to do is focus on the role of the race director and make sure that it will never happen again
3: mm. and it was interesting today talking to Vettel hearing what he said and then minutes later hearing what Stroll said and Stroll was very much this was not right and we know this right that's not new it wasn't right um I think the key here is just that there are changes you know we You've got to actually sympathise with Michael Massey. He, that's not a job one man can do. It wasn't right. What's happened has happened. As long as there are changes, then the F1 community should be happy about this.
1: Yeah, and even Christian Horner has come out and said the same thing, that there needs to be a big drive to make sure the race director has better support in the future. But speaking of Horner, Sam, I believe he, there was a thing about him at the Autosport Awards this week and involving Mercedes as well.
0: Yes so uh you know some more light-hearted news um to move away from the you know the heavy hitting subjects like you know the hash reveal Abu uh, Dhabi um, uh, uh, sorry hash reveal <laughs> <laughs> Sorry really I love, love that that's that brilliant um you know so, yeah, so uh, a light-hearted thing you know as we move on from the the heavy hitting subjects and such as the hash reveal um you probably have seen on social media by now but there was a a charity auction and one of the prizes up for grabs was a tour around the mercedes factory and uh well christian horner um uh, did he did he win it i think he won it um in the end under the alias christian horner um so i'm not totally convinced it was him
3: it, it, it um, was him
0: but i did notice the spelling mistake he must have been pissed yeah I know I know. <laughs> uh, not great when you've got you know you're a team principal who can't spell his own name um, but you know um, but yeah unfortunately I'm not sure they're able to uh, to actually do it um, as I think there was a clause stipulated that no employee of a, another F1 team is able to actually take part in the, the, the tour. however, a considerable amount of money was raised so it is a good news story. It it, it is. And you know what? Fair play to Christian
3: Horner um, for playing that team, you know, the the fun game. Um, F1's about enjoyment at the end of the day, right? I loved seeing that Christian Horner had bid, what was it, three or four grand uh, for a Mercedes tour. Um, Obviously, Christian knew it was never going to happen, but the the entertainment that gives us as fans, I think, is absolutely quality. Good on you, Christian Horner. I don't say that very often, but uh, well done, mate. Cal?
2: I see that as a bit of an olive branch to Toto, if anything. You know, they had a very heated relationship during the last season, but be- before that, they were quite amicable, really. They- they'd always shake hands, they'd always have a chat. And I feel like they just wanted to, the Christians perhaps wanted to get that back, because Toto's a very nice man. <laughs> What I believe, anyway, not that I've met him. <laughs> Cal, are you but, saying he just wanted to go over and have a have a cup of tea with Chris, with Toto? Uh, maybe a cuddle and a, <laughs> a, 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 a cup of tea and just a little chat and you know, maybe maybe to get Netflix spying on them to make a bit more money from it. I don't know, don't but either way,
3: don't bring Netflix into this.
2: I believe it was an olive branch. I do. I do think they were good friends beforehand. I think that's that's all it was.
0: Yeah, I very much like to think so as well. Um, it's been kind of said that their relationship has totally deteriorated by the end of last season. Understandably, I feel like if any of us were in that position, we would not be on speaking terms either. Um, so hopefully they can make an because the paddock is a tight-knit community um, and I think it's important. I think it was Class A banter. If Cal owned Red Bull Racing and I owned Mercedes,
3: I would have done exactly the same thing. Class A banter, Christian.
2: I... Probably wouldn't have received that very well.
3: You probably Bet wouldn't own Red Bull Racing either. But no. on a high note to end on. Um Race of Champions was last weekend. Um Sebastian Loeb, the nine-time world rally champion, won it. Is there a surprise there? Not sure, but what a legend. Um and Sebastian Vettel came second. Um We will mention that champagne moment in a minute, which was absolute quality. Um, And we had the reunion of David Coulthard and uh, the Barrier. Sorry, not the Barrier. Uh, Mika Hakkinen uh, and Chadwick. Um, Guys, what did you make of Race of Champions? Uh, Honest opinions. Uh, Don't big it up if you don't need to. Just
2: what's your honest opinion on Race of Champions? I've always loved the concept of Race of Champions, but I always feel like F1 drivers go in at a disadvantage because the cars they drive are like nothing else at all. So then, you know, you see Seb Vettel finishing off in a Polaris against Sebastian Loeb, a rally driver, and they're on snow and ice. Credit to Sebastian Vettel for getting as close as he did. I was not expecting it to be that close. So when F1 drivers enter, it, I'm always thinking, "Mm, probably not going to do as well as the others based on the cars they're driving and the surfaces they're driving on. But it's always a good show to watch. I always enjoy it.
0: And yeah, I think it's the, that result is testament to Vettel, really, as a driver and his ability to adapt. Because those of you who watched the Saturday, which the, was the team event, would have seen Sebastian get off to a pretty slow start. And, you know, Cal, absolutely right that it's difficult for F1 drivers to adapt. I imagine it's probably even more difficult for F1 esports drivers to adapt and Seb unfortunately lost to um, former Aston Martin esports driver Lucas Blakely, which I can only imagine is going to be the highlight of his, well, almost certainly career. Yeah. Um, if not, if not life, if that were me, that'd be the first line of my obituary.
3: <laughs> I beat Sebastian Vettel. Oh man! Without ever being a professional in car driver. No, I, I I totally agree. I think it was. Um, I've got to be honest. The race of champions for me, there's too much downtime. Um, that I can hear now the, the the music that they play just after a race is finished, right? Which you hear for three minutes. Then there's a race for one minute. Then you hear that same music again. Uh, maybe I'm just being a a, a, a grump.
1: <laughs> you're not. You're not a grump, Ollie, Don't worry. Um, but I I didn't actually get to watched the Race of Champions when it was on so I had to go on YouTube and I was watching all the clips and it did look like a lot of fun and Seb did do really well and so did Sebastian Loeb and all the other drivers but one point that stood out for me was the champagne bottle that Ollie did mention earlier. Now we see F1 drivers on the podium with their champagne bottles and granted Sebastian Vettel hasn't been on the podium that much recently but he really struggled this time at the Race of Champions.
3: He, <laughs> Abby, you've just proven my point without saying it, which is that the bit you remember was Sebastian Vettel trying to open a bottle of champagne.
1: <laughs> it it looks like a real struggle. He was trying to get the cork off, and then it snapped in half, and he got half of it off, and the other bit was still in the bottle.
2: It made for good telly. That's all I'll say on that. And it's um it's a shame the fact that you know he did put in a good performance against a very very highly skilled rally driver and everyone's just remembering the fact that he couldn't pull a cork out of a bottle it's a shame really
0: i also feel like he missed a trick and maybe this is going to show my my lack of class but when that used to happen to me we'd just smash the top Yeah, and pour it I in a like, plastic cup, right? Exactly. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's things he could have done there. Obviously, he wouldn't be able to hold his finger over it and you know, kind of get the the spray going.
3: Um, why put 400, 500 brake rear wheel drive Porsches on ice when you could, you know, put a, a WRC car on it, which would be far more entertaining? What's what?
2: It goes so slowly, like it's just not fun. It's more skill based. Simple as that. Sebastian Loeb's in the mix. You can't put a w- WRC car in there. He's but you get, my, you, get my, you, get, get you get my, you get my. I do get
3: your You get my drift. Right.
2: But they have to use vehicles that aren't used in a racing series, I believe. Hmm. So a Porsche. Is used in a racing series? Was it a standard Porsche though? <laughs> I
3: don't know.
2: Like, going to be cut. The, the point as well. is, the drivers that are driving those cars wouldn't have driven the cars on the track on that surface. That's the point, point. and I think it just, it just keeps it more skill based. To keep a Porsche in a straight line well, or even on the track in the snow is uh, a task in itself. Never mind race it round.
1: Well, that was all the news that we have for you today. But make sure to come back next week to listen to the News from the Nerds podcast. And keep an eye out for the Cut to the Race podcast as well. And don't forget to head over to FormulaNerds.com for all the latest motorsport news and coverage of all the car launches as well. Thank you guys for all being here with me without... Grace Bridge and James being
3: here today. It's alright, I like being uh, last, last to be selected. It uh, reminds me of my school football career.
1: <laughs> but that is all. So, Sam, we will maybe see you next week if there's more in the Chronicles of Grace.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say. Like, actually, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm not a substitute. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll, you'll hear me again, everyone.
1: <laughs> and Cal, thank you as well.
0: No worries at all. Uh, with
2: the Zoom filter I'm using, I feel a bit like star of the show. But I know I wasn't. Thank you again for having me. And I'm looking forward to, no offence, not being on this show again because I enjoy so much the voices of Grace, Bridge and James. And don't forget, guys, at signthenerds.com. Get yourselves over there. Thank you.
1: And that is all, so see you next week. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. you. Sports <laughs> Social Podcast Network.